0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Raising the Bar with your host, Amy Bredo. Do you ever listen to that inner voice, the one that tells you that you can achieve great things just by giving yourself a little push? making that voice heard is what this show is all about what if you could turn your negatives into positives you'll hear from others who have embraced that personal drive and will help you raise the bar now here is amy brado
1: Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to Raising the Bar. I'm your host, Amy Bredo. Just wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen today. And as we get rolling with this uh, kickoff of the show, I just kind of wanted to introduce myself and what the show is about. Um, I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I've got four kids, 15, 18, 19, and 20. So it's crazy busy, exciting. Um, I'm a daughter. I'm a friend, and what's most shocking, this will surprise all of you, um, I'm a human. I make mistakes. I have often struggled in life with uh, riding the shame train or beating myself up about things, even in spite of that inner voice that kind of told me that, hey, I'm here to do something awesome, and I'm here to encourage you all to do something awesome. So that's pretty much the premise of the show, to take those inner sparks that you know prompt you to do something amazing, say something amazing, even if it's something as simple as just uh, bringing hope or joy to somebody's day. So what my goal for this show would be is to just encourage, inspire, and share our stories of our journeys and maybe those of us that have, you know, had that inner spark, that inkling to kick us into gear, to step out of our comfort zone, uh, not worry about the risk and do something great. You know, I've had a little bit of a, not a little bit, I've had a huge inkling ever since I was a little girl and it prompted me um in a lot of to go into a lot of different directions, you know. When I was eight years old, I saw a show on TV about the famine in Ethiopia, and literally remember saying to my mom that day, like, "Someday I'm going to go there and I'm going to adopt a big boy because nobody talks about those big kids." And I was very firm in it, and she was kind of just like, "Oh, okay, Amy. Uh, you know what? My husband and I totally did it about eight years ago." And it's been an incredible journey that's really pushed me to even get more uncomfortable and try to make great changes in, in our in our world. It prompted us to uh, start up a nonprofit, a five hundred one c three organization called the Echo Foundation, and it's basically just to encourage anybody who has a heart for adoption or to serve adoptive families or foster care families or even people that feel led or prompted to serve the children themselves. And it's just been a great journey. I'm excited to share it with all of you, but more excited to learn from our guests and our callers and and people that send emails. So in thinking about who would really be the a great first guest for this show, you know. I, I made a huge list of people, and um, one person in particular who I'm so excited about introducing you to today is my friend Lori Harder. Uh, you know, I met her through a business relationship, and just quickly realized that that was just, you know, the matter of of chance in which we met. Because not only is she a beautiful woman on the outside, but her spirit just shines, it shines just through her eyes, through the way she acts, the way she treats people, and and really what struck me was the way Lori receives people. You may recognize her name. Um she's a three-time fitness world champion. She's graced the cover of Oxygen magazine uh f- several times or four times. Lori, sorry if I am not getting the right amount of times on there. Okay. She's she she's written books. She is just a, a beautiful, eloquent speaker. Um what inspires me most is that your um relationships are established authentically and uh your vision is very clear when you speak to people. And um, I just, I just was really excited to ask you to do this. So I'm um, super, super thankful. And, I hope I did you justice by, by that introduction, but as I said before, I met Lori through a, a business um, circumstance, but like I said, I just saw her shining, shining spirit, so I just wanted to thank you for taking the time today to be with us, and we'd just love to um, show the world how, how you live transparently and authentically and how you can inspire all of us.
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much. I'm. So- So excited to be here. And how long do we have? Because we can definitely, clearly we have a lot to chat about. So, um, yeah, so excited to be on your new uh, venture. And this is a perfect, I can't think of a better person to be doing this.
1: Oh, thanks. One thing I have to say is, you know, when you met me, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm a human. I say what's on my mind, which sometimes really irritates people. And then it's bad because sometimes I just laugh, like, not my problem. You're upset. And <laughs> That's just, that's just who I am. And I love that you seem to really pick up on that. I felt an instant bond to you. So, um, we have plenty of time. Like I said, we have 18 minutes in our first segment and a, tons and tons of time. So we have so much we can cover and, um, I'm excited about that. So tell me, Lori, just a little bit maybe about who you are as a person or a, a little bit about how you grew up and maybe what your inkling was to to change or, or better yourself t- in order to do what you're doing right now, which we'll hit on later.
2: Well, first of all, I just want to say what, what you're totally missing is that you're like a part-time comedian because <laughs> when, I first meet, when I first met you, I was just completely like, who is this hilarious woman? She's cracking me up. So, you know, it's crazy. Really, learning about everything that you do in your background because you're just a massive light to the world. And whatever you do, you bring fun and joy. And and really, that's just that's what people are so attracted to. So that is what so attracted me to you is you're just fun and funny and you really take everything and you grab the lesson, but then you just make light of it. And I think that's the most beautiful thing because I think my uh, part of me that's like that saw that in you and I was like, I just, I want to know what this girl's up to. So as far as, uh, shoot the question one more time to me so that I can just answer that properly for you. Uh, My background
1: yeah, absolutely. Like your background, like I feel, you know, with with all of the accomplishments that you have under your belt, you know. Or even the, the accomplishments I've had in my life so far. And I want to say so far because I think you and I also share that we're not done yet mentality. And that's such a great place to be. One of the things that you have said and that I repeat to myself, um, several times is you had said something like, you're a perfect work in progress. And I, and I love that because I love knowing that every day we're going to stretch and grow. And there's going to be painful times. There's going to be times that are, that feel dry and, and maybe like there's not a ton of abundance, but really the abundance in that is the lesson. And so I I know that there had to be a, a big shift in you uh, to change just with some of the things that you have shared about the way you grew up and some experiences you've had, you had in school. Um, what was, you know, what were some of those things that had happened and then really kind of what was your aha moment in kind of shifting yeah. your mental gears?
2: Well, I love, you know, it's interesting when people ask what the aha moment is, because I think it's just like everything else. Like there's so many along the way that build you and either give you strength or you kind of, you know, have that red flag. It's like, okay, that was awful. Not going there again, (laughs) (laughs) really grabbing that, grabbing the lesson from it. but. You know, as a young kid, I grew up in a, a a great family, but it was a really um religious family, and I ended up uh being homeschooled through high school as well,
3: Um mm-hmm. and I was
2: an overweight kid, and just really, I think I silently struggled because, Amy, I see a lot of me and you where you just can kind of laugh, and on the outside, people just really think that you are having fun or funny or laughing, where really you can, you know, you can kind of cover up the the really tough stuff or the really painful stuff. So I was always a kid who loved to make everybody laugh. So I never really shared with my parents or anyone growing up everything that I was experiencing in school. Um, I was getting really tormented for my religion because we also had to, uh, we didn't celebrate holidays. We went door to door all the time, knocking on different doors. So, you know, people at school literally saw me on the doorstep. So I would get a lot of different things in school, like, if you come to my porch, I'm going to, you know, get my shotgun out and you better run. And, oh, wow. you know, as a heavy kid, it was like, it was like I had one girl tell me I was so fat I didn't deserve to live in front of my math class. It was just a really intense stuff like that, that I just kind of kept to myself, you know, come home and status quo, grab my bag of Doritos and chocolate milk and sit and watch cartoons. So instead of, you know, playing outside with all the other kids. So right. for me, it really, it, it almost became like, I started building up these different defenses, like just different things to block it out. And I remember that my brain, instead of getting crazy, crazy low, like I would go to that place of, you know, intense sadness, but I also Mm -hmm. started going to this place of just wait, just wait and see, just watch what I'm going to do, just wait. Like I remember thinking that, like it just all started becoming fuel for me. And I remember thinking, I don't ever want anyone else to feel like this because I knew I wasn't alone. I knew that there had to be other people who were struggling because obviously, you know, other people were overweight or other people were getting criticized. And I could also see that in my school, you know, other people were getting criticized. So I think growing up that way just really made me cling to the things that I loved too. I loved being funny. So I was kind of like, okay, what else can I do over here? And I also knew that I um, could have the ability to be physical. So what ended up happening was, and what I mean is, you know, working out or going outside for walks or going outside rollerblading and things like that. So I started doing that stuff. I was like, okay, what can I do? And my sister had, um, a lot of different workout videos. She was about four years older than me and she was overweight as well. And she was getting tormented really badly in school too. She was always doing these workout videos. Well, I ended up picking up these workout videos and started popping them in all the time and working out. And I also used to watch gymnastics and something on ESPN that was like fitness, fitness universe or something. And I remember, I, I can't remember exactly what it was called, but I remember seeing this one woman and she was like ripped and just looked amazing. And she had like the world's largest smile on her face. and She just was bouncing all over the stage. And there was this moment of like, Oh, my gosh. If I build my body up like that, if I get so strong, that's going to be the key. Like, that will be the key to everything. For some reason, that's just what my little brain thought So it just hooked into that, like, okay, workout, okay, lift weights, okay, you know, I didn't understand that the whole eating thing came much later, because I was (laughs) like, okay, why is this not working as well as I thought, even though I did notice a lot of differences. So I really started clinging um, to fitness, and just educating myself at a really young age, I will never forget, I went to the library, that was a few blocks from my house, and just looked up anything for workout, anything for fitness, Um, and I like Xerox, all of these different pictures. It was like 10 cents a copy. I brought all the money, 10 cents a copy. I built this like white binder with all of these different exercise moves in it. And I carried this massive white binder around doing these different exercise moves at a young age. That's awesome. So it just started really young on, on, you know, what can I do to build up this? I thought building up this exterior person would make me strong. Internally, and you know, come to find out years later, that's the whole reason behind it. Is I, I really thought that that would solve all of my problems. That this external strength would, you know, create this internal strength. But what I didn't realize that while was while you are doing that, you truly have to go through all of these obstacles and mental shifts in order to even build the exterior. So you really start becoming strong internally. By building externally. So a lot of different things came about from that.
1: You know, thanks for sharing that. It's it's interesting. I and I know we've talked a little bit about it. I um yeah. I, I had some similarities growing up and I can remember just I would eat until I felt like I was going to get sick. Mm. You know, and, mm. and 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 teased and everything and and even, you know, I've, I'm not a world champion, uh, but I, I can totally relate to to that mental change. And I I love when you say, you know, we feel like externally, if we've got everything together, it's going to take care of everything. So I'm excited to hear what you share because uh, anyone who breathes probably knows that that's not true. Though I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of people still tell themselves that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so through that transformation um, and, and growing. Into thinking and believing what you think and believe, you know we are we are taught by our parents, and I think that's hugely important, and it obviously has an impact on us as kids and and into our adult years. You know, you've you've grown in in so many ways. So, what was it that made you want to? Like, I know you did train the trainer with Jack Canfield, and I'm sure have read so many books that I can't wait to pick your brain later about your library. But um, what was it then that really wanted to um, make you kind of master that ability, if that's even possible, to to really share that hope with other people?
2: You know, it was a lot of different things that led up to that. I think that, um, you know, after kind of creating that, persona for myself, that that body that, you know, would win titles or that I could get up on stage that I never, ever thought was possible. I think after doing that, and I did that several, several times, you know, because it, it it was a long journey for me. It wasn't like some people who can kind of like waltz in and maybe win their first show or place really well. It took me six years to win those titles. And that's a very right. long time. Most people give up long, long before that. Um, and a lot of people told me to give up long, long before that. But it's just, you know, you have something in your head and you you have to go and get it until, you know, you have to keep going until you get the result that you want. But But really, I think what it was is, as I was winning or as I was doing these shows, it's kind of like I'm following this feeling of of fulfillment, right? So right. I'm thinking that winning these shows or getting this body is going to make me feel fulfilled. And I'll tell you that after six years of, um, finally people saying great things about me and winning titles. You think that that would clear everything up from the past or it would make me feel full or it would make me feel happy. And what I realized is, yes, it is a beautiful accomplishment, but there is no final destination because what happens is you hit that destination and you make another one. And it's like, What I started learning is everything that you, like life is lived in between the destinations. That's it, because the destination is there for maybe 30 seconds and you're on to the next one, really. Unfortunately, that's how it goes. So I started looking at if I was happy in between. And to be honest with you, I was like anxiety ridden. I was just feeling like achieve, achieve, achieve. And that's the only way that you are going to be loved or get noticed. Um, and that's really what I realized I was doing. It's like, oh, if you achieve something else, people are finally going to notice you, you know, you're not going to be made fun of. And when you look back at your childhood, that's what you're doing. It's like, okay, if I achieve, I'm just, I'm protecting myself over and over. And I was looking at how miserable I was in between. And while, yes, I was a happy person, especially on the outside and to the people around me, it's like internally, I was just struggling. It's like, I was trying to fill this dark hole that, you know, just made me feel like I wasn't lovable unless I was achieving or unless I was fit or unless I was strong or unless I looked the way that people wanted me to look. So, um, you know, what I found is I decided that I wanted to help people with transformations because I thought physically, okay, here here's what I'm born for. I'm here to help people become right. strong, change their bodies, achieve this physical, um, the, the physical appearance that they want so that they feel strong too. And as I'm doing this, I'm realizing that You know, there's so much internally that people are not either dealing with or that we're covering up or we think this is a fix-all. And also, it's just like none of us are happy in our daily lives. I I was finding that none of us, as far as like who were walking through the door, who thought that this body could fix everything. Um, And also, the physical body is not going to get fixed unless your mind is getting worked on. And I really noticed how... Um, if you do not start working with these women in their minds, it's like I was not able to get any results within their body. And what ended up happening is somehow through all of the conversation and all the different thought and all the different things that I was working on, my training sessions became training and therapy sessions. So. I noticed how, you know, it's like the women wanted to come in and they really wanted to talk about what was going on, maybe what was truly causing what they were feeling, what was happening in their personal life. And as we kind of sorted through You know, it's almost like they, so funny, I had one girl show up one day and she was like, can we just talk? Because really, that's what I need today instead of working out. And I thought, okay, this is where, this is where I need to decide what I'm doing because they can't show up to training sessions just to, you know, lay on a black couch. So I was like, how can I start focusing? How can I create something or start focusing on something mental along with something physical? because I just wasn't getting anywhere with people who weren't able to, to change that mental block, especially for myself. I knew that for myself. So that's really when I started researching different, um, you know, trainings, different avenues of what can we do to completely shift our mindset? Because I knew at this point that it was possible. If I could come from Um, you know, the background that I came from and able to completely transition and shift and start really finding joy and start building up that, um, muscle in your brain, how could I help these other people do it? So that's when I started seeking out the books, seeking out the mentors, uh, seeking out the different, you know, people who I knew could help me teach other people and also teach myself.
1: Well, that is awesome, and I I am going to um, ask you a few more questions about that, too. We're going to take a quick break for commercial, and I am so excited. I love that because I, too, have had clients that just want to talk, so I understand that (laughs) that counselor mentality, but I just um, want to take a quick break here. We're going to be back in just a few minutes with Lori Harder, and she's going to share, uh, continue sharing on her investigation, and we're going to really dive into her transformation Work and we will be back.
0: Find out what makes the most successful people tick.
2: Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
3: There are over 147 million orphans and at-risk children in the world. It's a global problem, but you can make a huge difference. You can help from home or on-the-ground serving opportunities. Please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation tab to request more information. Our vision is to build a self-sustaining ecosystem of ideas, individuals, and organizations equipped to carry out the mission of hope for every orphan in the world. Help us with our goal of helping every child in need. Visit amybrado.com. Have you considered expanding your family through adoption but don't know where to start? Are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start? Reach out to the community at the Echo Foundation, The ECHO Foundation offers five distinct areas of support. For those children in need throughout the world, we are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond. For more information, please visit amybrado.com and click on the ECHO Foundation. That's amybrado.com and click the ECHO Foundation.
2: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hello,
1: we're back. You're listening to Raising the Bar with me, Amy Bredo, and our beautiful guest, Lori Harder, and we were just going over, um, kind of really diving into Lori's, you know, transformational work, kind of transitioning from being a personal trainer, changing pe- people physically, to really showing them um, how and maybe giving them the tools to create a better mindset to be successful all around, not just physically, but also mentally. So Lori, I would love to hear more about... Um, you diving into those books and, and maybe just share how that really kind of get in your head that maybe some of our listeners could even pick up and, 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 you know, kind of look through. And then I would love to share about your bliss project and how people can get involved in that. But we've got plenty of time. Yeah. So you go girl. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, as, as far as just when I really started researching, it's funny because so, something that obviously comes out of, um, you know, whatever happens in your childhood or being teased or maybe um, just being overweight is a a major side effect is typically anxiety. And I can tell you that I had so much anxiety, so much fear around um, if I was in, which sounds crazy for what I do now, but if I was in the spotlight, if um, everyone's attention was focused on me, because every time that I had learned that when attention was focused on me in my childhood, you know, in school, it was always extremely negative. So I started developing panic attacks in my early, um, oh my gosh, I think I can remember them as early as sixth grade. Just, I didn't know what was happening. I couldn't Uh breathe. I started to feel like I was going to black out. Whenever I would get called on, my voice would literally start to disappear, like I couldn't talk because I couldn't breathe. So all of a sudden, I'm like, "Oh my god, great! Now I'm, now I'm this overweight kid who gets made fun of, who uh, you know is, is fat, makes gets made fun of for their religion, and I can't talk or get in front of the classroom. This <laughs> is awesome." So, so right, what ended up right. happening is that <laughs> that anxiety actually carried with me through my teenage years, through my early twenties, and that was another huge reason um, why I knew I needed to figure something out. It was like I knew if I did not do something about this like not helping people, well, I felt like I had this growing anxiety and these panic attacks. I was like, okay, this is not working for me. And, you know, I, I met my husband in my early twenties and I would okay. discuss this with him. And I was like, this is really holding me back. And, you know, he's this amazing guy who just wants to help. And a lot of times he'd be like, well, just go for it. Just try this and just do that. And I was like, this is not working. Like I'm having these full on panic attacks now, just um socially, like they just started getting worse and worse. And the more that I thought about them, the more that I dwelled on them, the worse they got. And I thought, Okay, what am I? I'm either going to end up in a padded room. No joke. That's how I felt. I'm like, right. it, it's getting worse. Like with everything, or I have to do something about it. So, um,
1: can I ask you a question really was, quickly? And I'm sorry to yeah, interject. When you met Chris, were you already um, getting into kind of your your fitness journey, or or was this something you did after you met Chris? And I only ask that because. Understanding anxiety in in my own issues with it, I wondered um, if it was something that was already a part of your life, and did that help you establish that feeling of confidence where you could be totally open with him about what you were struggling with?
2: You know i I was already working out, um, okay. and I honestly I think that I'm so grateful, like beyond grateful, that I found. Um, exercise and working out, because obviously I think that was the only thing that was kind of keeping me semi-sane is yes. the workouts. It just, it, it really, you know, after I would work out, I would feel pretty you know, pretty normal. I'd feel pretty good. I'd feel a lot stronger. I would say these different mantras in my head around the workouts and just having, you know, just having to get through a workout, you have to start developing that muscle in your brain of commitment, of gaining strength. So I really know that that was helping me cope without knowing it was helping me cope. So when I met Chris, it really was something, you know, at first I didn't talk about, but after a while I kind of came out with the fact of that I was like silently struggling. And of course, then he's like, oh my gosh, and he wants to help and do all these different things. And, you know, it's funny because he was the person who, um, he had gone to work and one of his friends came up to him and he said, you know, have you ever gone to a landmark forum? I think you and Lori would love it. And he's like, what and on earth is that? I had no idea what that was. That word was totally foreign to me.
3: Yeah. Little did I know
2: it's like three days of intensive self-development and Chris came home and said, you know, my friend had said he went to this thing that it really, really helped him in his life. I think maybe it could help your anxiety. And I looked at him like, Okay, let's get on the phone with these people and see if it helps anxiety. That's how one-track mind I was. I was thinking of nothing else, and they're like, okay. "Yeah, I think it could help with anxiety." So, <laughs> I did this three-day like intensive self-development thing. People up crying on the microphone, um, and I was like, "Oh my lord, maybe this is not for me." And then you know, day three, I'm up crying on the microphone um, <laughs> <laughs> without without giving too many details. But what happened there is I really realized a lot of the things I was not confronting. And I thought, oh my gosh, like what, what am I thinking? You know, as people are showing me these different ideas of, wow, you can retrain your mind and you can recreate what, you know, these unfinished stories, maybe as you were a kid, and you can start to see how you developed these stories that you made into who you think you are and how you can change that. And just this whole world opened up to me in a weekend. And it was like, so mind blowing that I think after that, you can't even you know, the whole world looks different to you because now you feel like, you know, you're either going to run with it or you're not. And I ran with it. I just felt like I had these secret magic tools that if I could change my brain, I could do anything I wanted. So I really started thinking okay, I'm going to dive into every philosophy, every person that I can get my hands on, every event that I can go to that I can handle, <laughs> you know, right. to, to see how I can rewire my brain and learn these tools. And that's really where that, that self-development started.
1: In rewiring your brain and, and um, getting yourself these tools now, did you, you know, I'm a big believer, We've, you and I have talked about vision boards and writing things down. And it's interesting because last year I literally expanded my vision board and I wrote right on my wall in my office and I'm looking at it the other day and I was like, okay, well that worked. That one didn't happen yet. I'm going to paint over it and start again. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I think is such an effective tool is, is, is writing it down so that you see it all the time. Now, is that something that you would recommend for people? For me personally, it works. I honestly believe and I'll say it to everybody. I'm like, hey, if you write it down, it'll happen. Like, but you have to write it down yeah. and you have to see it and you have to believe it. So I would love to just share with the listeners, like, what are a few things that they could start today um, in giving themselves little tools to slip into their pocket even before they can head out to the store to, to grab a book?
2: You know, I think people, I think the number one reason why people um, don't keep up with self-development or their goals or, or workouts or anything like that, is because we get overwhelmed and we don't have a plan and it's not clear. And we think that we have to do it all at once. And as you guys can hear, it's like, it's just little clicks along the way, little tiny things that you can start changing along the way. So I think that you should never focus on more than um, three major things at a time. And honestly, for people who are just starting to transition into, um, going after their goals, I really think one main focus at a time because uh, you 're building a foundation, so what is that number one foundational goal that could change everything for you and for some people it 's going to be focusing on getting more sleep like it 's that basic right. because you can 't keep moving forward or load all of these big things on a foundation that 's correct so it 's like maybe for some people you really need to just get seven or eight hours of sleep so that maybe you stop overeating because not sleeping is causing you to overeat, you know, because you're, you're overtired. So it's things like that. And I do think writing things down is vital. I think that when we get it, if it's not directly in front of our mind and our vision and a post it on our computer or, you know, post it on your bathroom mirror, we are so good at getting distracted like this, especially now with the world of technology and TV. It's like people are literally, their full-time jobs are to distract you. So if you don't learn to start uh, learning how to focus for yourself, what works best for you? Do you need to turn off your email notifications on your phone and turn on Um, you know, the wallpaper on the back of your phone all the time to say what that one goal is. What is that thing that needs to get you refocused? Because we truly are, you know, like dogs with squirrels. We're like, oh, squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. (laughs) I am totally that
1: person sometimes.
2: I'm so that way. It's not even funny. And I see it come up in myself all the time. And I literally say, okay, squirrel. Okay. Got it. Okay. Squirrel. Okay. That's not that's not something that's going to help you right now. And is that really making you happy, or is that just distracting you and kind of bringing you some sort of weird distracto joy at the time? Like, Shh. What is what is it that's pulling you from this focus? Because being focused is not easy. It feels hard. It feels painful sometimes, but it's going to bring you the ultimate joy, and it gets better because it's like a muscle that you have to to flex. So, yes, I think writing things down, keeping them in view, but then also, as you write them down, take things away. Like, what is distracting you? Start okay. really looking at your environment and saying, what is the number one thing that is pulling at me when I'm, you know, when I go to do what I want to focus on? So what are those things coming up that are keeping you from doing that thing? And really start looking at that, them and maybe eliminating one a day or turning things off or really trying to flex that new muscle of, you know, just focus.
1: That's so true. And there's so many times when I know I'm distracted by something and I'm like, Oh, I gotta be, I gotta stop being distracted by that. Wait a second. You know, and <laughs> then, and then I'll keep mm-hmm. going. I know social media is a killer of time. It's a time sucker. And I love social media. I think it's amazing for so many things. Um, but I know that it can be such a distraction. And I know you're right. Like change is not easy. If it was easy, everybody would be fit. Uh, you know, counselors would be out of business. It, it would be fine, you know. But that's not that's not our world, unfortunately. But it's also I want to look at it like change and and painful progress to this to the sense of it just stretching. I like to use that word. I like to stretch and I like to grow. And sometimes I don't. I know I haven't always allowed myself to grow uh, or or kind of com- complete one objective because I distract myself, you know, so I'll be real honest about that. Um, But I I love what you're saying, the writing it down and then realizing what you need to remove is huge, huge. So we have about four minutes left just before we take our next break. So would you like to um, just touch on a couple of other things like, yes, write it down. Maybe what is something great someone can read or who would, you know, what would be – Something they could do to add value to themselves today. I know a lot of us, especially as women, we're always looking to build others up and, and do everything for everybody else. And we always are last. And I think it's okay to be selfish sometimes. I know that as a mom and and as a wife, um and just a person that sometimes I need to just say no and close the door, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. So what are maybe some of the um, – in the few minutes now we're down to a little over to some of the kind of daily rituals. I love when you talk about your non-negotiables. Let's maybe touch mm-hmm. on that quickly.
2: So real quick, some things that I think you need to do are just taking a- – at minimum, an hour for yourself. And if that sounds absolutely crazy to you, even five minutes to 30 minutes can be huge. But when you have the hard conversations with people or your family and you say why you need it, you know, a lot of people are more on board than you think. So I think that we're holding ourselves like that you know, this person needs me and this needs me. And you know what? Turn off your phone. Say why you need it. Say they're going to notice such a difference in taking time for yourself, whether it's a workout or meditation or reading, close the doors to the world, start your day the way that you want. Don't let the world start your day and just really take that time for yourself. I think it's vital to do that.
1: I agree. I know right now I love, um, This is going to sound so weird and possibly creepy, and I don't even care. But, like, I love seeing you guys on social media and being out with Waffles. And everybody, Waffles is Lori and Chris Harder's dog. And she is the cutest dog. And she goes everywhere, even in stores. I was like, maybe I need to live in California so I can bring my dog everywhere. But I know that. I mean, for as busy as you are in your, in your business with the Bliss Project, which I can't wait to talk about next. And, uh, with, uh, you know, our network marketing business, like there's a lot going on for people that work from their, their homes. I love that you guys make that time to get out to exercise, to get out to do your walks and your runs. Um, do you find that it's best for you to do it first thing? Or do you think people can also benefit, you know, by doing it later in the day? And, and that's something we can touch on, um, when we come back from the break. And I would love, love for you to share about the Bliss Project. And everybody, I need you to know I have attended a Bliss Project, and I can't wait to uh, give my testimony to that. So we are going to just take a short break here. Again, we are here on Raising the Bar with Lori Harder and sharing about, you know, positive ways to make changes in mindset so that your physical changes and your mental changes are hand-in-hand for this new year and always as a lifestyle. So we will be back in just a moment.
2: Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
3: There are over 147 million orphans and at-risk children in the world. It's a global problem, but you can make a huge difference. You can help from home or on-the-ground serving opportunities. Please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation tab to request more information. Our vision is to build a self-sustaining ecosystem of ideas, individuals, and organizations equipped to carry out the mission of hope for every orphan in the world. Help us with our goal of helping every child in need. Visit amybredo.com. Have you considered expanding your family through adoption but don't know where to start? Are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start? Reach out to the community at The Echo Foundation. The Echo Foundation offers five distinct areas of support for those children in need throughout the world. We are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond. For more information, please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation. That's amybrado.com and click the Echo Foundation.
2: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: And welcome back to Raising the Bar. Again, I'm Amy Bredo, and we're talking to Lori Harder, and we're just getting uh diving into some great new things and new mindsets that we can not only do just for the new year. We're not going to be resolutioners anymore. We're talking about uh, making positive changes that last. And Lori, that leads me... To really ask you, um, to share. I mean, gosh, you've, you've shared so much with us already, but through all of your work, you have created, uh, the Bliss Project and, um, the Bliss Habit. I hope I've got those right. And I have to tell you, from personally, um, attending the one day event that you held here in Chicago, I really, um, Grew from that. I've been to a couple of little kind of type retreat things like this, but I want to say I loved your techniques. I loved the things you forced us as women to look at, and I and I would just I would love to um, hear you talk a little bit more about that because I know that you have a great great um, bliss project coming up really soon.
2: Mm. Well, thank you so much, and I loved having you there. By the way, it was so much <laughs> fun. Um, I really, you know, the bliss project was a, a massive, massive passion project for me. And let me tell you, it has to be, because it is a, a huge undertaking, but I, I probably my favorite thing that I do all year and talk about stretching. Literally, I was on a walk with Chris last night. and I was like, honestly, I don't know why I do these because I just have a knot in my stomach for two months because that's how <laughs> much stretch it stretches. Like I feel so much fear around it, but it's that that purpose feels so much bigger that I have to keep going because yes. a huge way that I know that something is is um your purpose or written on your heart is if you take away the option because I said okay if I could never do a bliss project again, you know, a, a live three-day event with all of these women doing breakthrough things, how would I feel if, if that got taken away from me and I was like, "Oh my god, no way. Like, I feel like I'm dying. So that's that's a great way, a great tool to, to use is take it away. See how you feel. And then you know that it's, it's one of your biggest callings um, or one of the biggest things that you should do. So as far as the Bliss Project, it is a three-day event. And, you know, the reason that I created it was because I had gone to all of these different events that were amazing. I've done all of this different work in, you
3: know,
2: read different books and done the work in the books and... And really uh, done some major breakthrough things for myself that I can really put my finger on moments where I was like, wow, this particular thing changed my life. Or this particular thing helped, helped me bust through that block. Or this particular thing really helped with my anxiety so that I could start doing the things that I wanted to do. Um, so what I did was I took every single different exercise or every single different thing that I had learned and I put it into a three-day weekend. Now... There are many other things that I would have liked to put in the weekend, but I try to take the ones that I know are are going to create the most shifts for people in that weekend. Maybe things, um, you know, we deal with a lot of just looking at the stories that are holding you back and recreating those stories so that you can move forward. And there's a lot of work that goes into that. There's a lot of writing. There's a lot of thought. There's a lot of time. There's a lot of sharing that goes into that. Um, Right. You know, really, really creating the space in that room and giving people the tools to work on their blocks, to work on what's holding them back and to really uh, look at some of the simple things that they can do right now to start living a much happier, much more fulfilled, much more um, grateful, beautiful life. So, really after they leave for that weekend, my whole goal is for them to not only have a set of tools, but to really have an immediate shift on how they're looking at their own life and what they're focusing on. So instead of focusing on maybe their need or their lack, really focusing on what they have and what they're excited about and what is so beautiful and great about them and really um, getting poured into over the weekend by so many other beautiful people because a lot of times we don't see our gifts. So when you leave... Hopefully you have really seen some of the blocks and how you can clear them. You see the beauty in yourself and you also see the beauty in these women and the people and the tribe around you and how many people are willing to help you. Because I think a lot of times we think we're alone in this and you get in this room full of 200, 300 women and you're like, oh my God, so everybody's feeling the exact same way I am and <laughs> we're, all, we're all putting our own blocks in our minds. Like, you know, you can talk to your partner that you're sitting next to and say, well, you know, I can totally see how you're stopping yourself or absolutely, or it, it, and all of a sudden you see how you're stopping yourself and how if we just get outside of our bubble and maybe we started sharing or maybe we started using these tools a little bit more, we could get out of our own way. So the Bliss Project is meant to create an immediate shift but also give you the tools for the bigger stuff in life to always go back to so that, you know, we don't feel so anxiety-ridden, so stressed out, and so alone.
1: I love that. And and one thing I know that um, it was interesting because when I was there, I was trying to view it from your perspective, too, and, and the joy that it has to bring you to be standing up there and seeing this group of people. But the one thing that you said is you referred to the group of women as a tribe. And I can honestly say, like, after that event, I understood – what that meant, but more so as a feeling. And I think that that's what is so important for women. I think that myself included, you know, I'm super competitive. I want to do my best and, and I, I want to bring the best out of people. And even in conversations I've had with you, I can absolutely hear somebody tell me something. I can say, seriously, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Like, Mm -hmm. Don't put these hurdles up in your way. And yet it's like I'm speaking out of one side of my mouth and my brain is like, well, Amy, you do that. And so I love that. I was able to, to identify that. Um, whatever, you know, whatever lies are fed to us as, as kids or throughout our, you know, our childhood or or growing up and everything for some, reason. I don't know why we store those things in this trunk in our mind and the trunk that should be just overflowing with all these great attitudes and great affirmations and things we know to be true it seems like that's the one that gets stomped on more so than the one that's full of the junk so i love that you're teaching people to release their junk take their junk out of their trunk and i can't believe i just said (laughs) that; that is so so silly but um it's true you gotta get rid of the crap that fills your head so that we can love ourselves and more fully love others that's what i Mm -hmm. took
2: Oh my that's gosh! Right. Well, I love that because that's exactly what I wanted you to
1: experience. <laughs> well, good job! You
2: get an A for that. And,
1: <laughs> and I and I just I don't want to give too much away because I would really love for a lot of our listeners to to research you and and find out and go to this project because not only is it a, a great escape. I'm you know me being in Chicago, I'm staring out the window at the snow right now and wishing I was going to California. Um, when is the next Bliss Project, and where are you holding it at?
2: The next Bliss Project is February 26th through the 28th, and it is in Newport Beach, California, and it is... Uh, right on the ocean for everybody who's maybe dealing with snow right now, but it really is a beautiful escape. It's a beautiful uh, retreat weekend. Whether you come alone or you bring your friends, it's really you will not be alone for for long if you come alone. Um, you know, you really dive right into meeting all of these amazing people. And for all of you introverts out there, I'm a extroverted introvert, so I totally get it that. <laughs> That might be really scary, but it's what we need because we cannot do this life alone. And as much as we think we're great alone and as much as we think we can just, you know, plow through the work and just get stuff done, um, you know, there are major uh, strengths that we're lacking and there's major uh, community that we are lacking when we go out to, you know, reach these goals. And you have to remember that when you have down times, other people are going to pull you up. And if you have a really strong community, um that is going to be so helpful on your journey. It's funny. We were watching a uh, TEDx on our TV last night and we like to just watch different, um, the, you know, these 20 minute
3: amazing right.
2: talks from incredible people. And, Um, a guy was just talking about relationships and how much happier people are when they have a strong community and strong relationships and that they live longer, their health is better. And that's one thing that Chris and I are doing more of because, you know, him and I can both kind of hide away in the world and, um, you know, do our thing and be, be semi to pretty happy. But then all of a sudden, um, we're like, oh, we're kind of lonely. We should really like go be out with people, go around people. We find that just making ourselves be in a community all the time, forcing ourselves to do it even when we don't want to, we are right. so much happier. And that's one of the biggest things about the Bliss Project is it, it just builds this community so big you don't even realize how many women you have all across the world that you can reach out to that are going to keep cheering you on that you're going to lock arm, arms with that maybe right. you mastermind with and get on the phone with bi-weekly whatever that is um you know some really beautiful things come out of it best friends businesses um anything like that that you didn't even know you were missing until you get in a room full of women and you're like this is oh, this is what i was missing i had no right. idea that this was here and then after
1: the bliss project i know that uh we had a facebook community with the group of women that we attended with um in our last few moments here i know you probably would share about that but please uh, let us know um or is it is it a private Facebook page that you do for your Bliss Project for those attendees? Or is it um, like the masses of the women that have attended the project all in one place? Because I feel it's a really safe place, so it would be okay to do that. And then let us um, do – we go to laurieharder.com to find out more information about the Bliss Project.
2: You can go to com, or you can go directly to the info. It'll take you okay. directly to the page where you can find the video on the bliss project, all of the information, um ticket sales, all that good stuff. So and yes, as far as the Facebook community, once you purchase a ticket and once you've gone to a bliss project, you are forever in the community and it's a really beautiful place to share, to, you know, get information that you need, um anything like that.
1: That I uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. And now I'm thinking to myself, hmm, February 26th, there could be time to pull that off. <laughs> I have to you find out how really much my time. husband is traveling next <laughs> month. Well, uh, I wanted to thank you so much for your time. And you know what? I think we should do this again because we actually have a ton of more hilarious stuff to talk about and share with people. And I would love to just keep tabs on everything that's going on with you and the Bliss Project and the Bliss Habit. Again, you've been listening to Raising the Bar with the beautiful Lori Harder. And please visit her site at com and the blissproject.info. for more information on that. You can also follow her on Facebook and Instagram. And I just feel so much gratitude right now for this experience. And please join us next week uh, when we speak with Dr. Alok Trivedi and how he um, he really speaks about mental toughness. That's awesome. So we're going to talk about how fear can be a greater motivator for change than inspiration. So I think it'll really run along these lines of mind shift. And I can't wait to see you again. Lori, thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing day.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Raising the Bar. Please listen for another edition with your host, Amy Bredo, next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, get out there and keep raising the bar.